0: Candace, I have a large chai tea latte for Candice, he said. It's strange. Today felt like the first time hearing my name. That's me. I'm Candace. As I boarded my 6 a.m. flight for San Antonio to Chicago with my large chai tea latte with Candace in large capital letters spelled C-A-N-D-I-S scribed on the side of it, I'm amused to think of all the different ways that I've seen my name spelled. The occasional can dance is my favorite. I chuckle wondering how unknowingly someone has discovered my special talent. Hey there, Success Buddy. Welcome to the Leaving Nowhere podcast with me, Candace Willie. I created this podcast for you. I've spent my entire life learning lessons the hard way. Through those experiences, i realized that all roads really do lead to success. Sometimes we just need better directions on how to get there. Join my guests and I in learning how leaving nowhere can help you get to exactly where you want to be. We'll share stories of success and the various methods we've used to help us get there. Let leaving nowhere be a compass in helping you achieve your greatest desires. So your journey to success starts here. I can hardly believe it has been almost six months since we launched the podcast. If you're just joining me on this journey, welcome to the Success Buddy community. If you're returning, thank you for riding along as we live and learn together. If you listened to the last episode, Home for the Holiday, then you know I've been faced with some recent health issues. I have found that no matter how many times life presents you with an obstacle, New ones always send you spinning, even if it's only for a brief period. The work I've done over the years to understand and more importantly improve my mindset has certainly served me well during the past few weeks. On a side note, I've learned that meditation is not only good for your emotional pain, it helps with physical pain as well. I would also note that slowing down has allowed me to self-reflect and to do a deep dive into what's next for me. In my self-reflection, I found myself pondering my identity. A conversation with one of the nurses in the hospital sparked a profound thought about who I am, who I have been, and ultimately who I'd like to be. Now, I know you might be surprised by the question she asked and why it had such deep meaning. It's a question we're asked all the time. However, depending on the environment we're in, it normally seems a lot easier to answer. So she asked, what do you do? It took me a minute to even process the question. I asked for work or in life. She chuckled a little. I could almost see her grin through the mask she was wearing. She said, well, both. I told her I'm married with two grown children. I have two perfect, or at least I think they're perfect granddaughters. I proceeded to tell her I moved back home two years ago and was happy to be home and close to family. She shared a bit about herself before leaving and let me know she would keep an eye out for my husband once visiting hours started. After she left, I thought to myself, I wonder what she thought I would say. This mature woman with tattoos, I wondered if she thought I was a parent, a grandma, or a business professional. For years, I worked tirelessly to raise my children on my own and establish myself in my career. My efforts included managing people's perception of me. However, on this particular day, lying in a hospital bed in anything but a stylish gown, I wasn't Candace, I wasn't a wife, a colleague, or a friend. I was just a patient that was being cared for in their facility. Actually, they referenced to me as room two. I'm not even sure if they knew my name. It didn't matter where I lived, what kind of car I drive, or what my title is at work. For four days, I was simply room two. The only thing that seemed to concern any of them were my vitals, what I had consumed, and when my next round of pills would be distributed. For a moment in time, I had lost my identity. Oddly enough, it gave me a sense of relief. There was no judgment or responsibilities. I was just a patient, and they were there to ensure my well-being. This interaction made me reflect on how easy it is to let judgment or bias get in the way of how we think or feel about ourselves. It also made me thankful for where I am today. I'm not perfect. I am perfectly imperfect and wouldn't have it any other way. There is a unique balance that is required for us in all relationships and situations. The balance of representing yourself appropriately for the environment or event. The balance comes from remaining adaptable yet genuine. This interaction also caused me to reflect on many of my earlier professional days when I battled imposter syndrome. For those of you not familiar with this term, it's defined as a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their skills, talents, or accomplishments and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. It's a feeling of severe inadequacy and self doubt that can lead people fearing that they will be exposed, usually in their work life. It can affect anyone regardless of their level of success. Mine was driven by a belief that I wasn't good enough and that regardless of my results or hard work, someone else was far more qualified or deserving. While my insecurities were primarily formed during my adolescent years, I found myself feeling attached emotionally to those experiences. An excellent resource to help you identify and overcome the negative thoughts or self-sabotage caused by imposter syndrome is the book Own Your Greatness by Lisa Abre Austin. If you've ever thought to yourself, everyone is crushing it except for me, or attributed one of your accomplishments to luck or others, you'll find the guided workbook of interactive exercises helpful in conquering self-doubt. It will also help you recognize your worth, as well as help you to enjoy your success. Got Grammarly? If not, why not? It's free. If you regularly send business emails, post on social media, or simply like to write, this app's for you. And did I mention the basic app is free? I stepped up my writing game by downloading the Grammarly app you can access the app at leavingnowhere.com on the podcast page. Your writing will be at its best. Get Grammarly. Another great book for our Women's Success Buddy listeners is Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. One of my favorite quotes from the book is, despite being high achievers, even experts in their field, women can't seem to shake their sense that it is only a matter of time until they are found out for who they really are. Imposters with limited skills or abilities. Sandberg goes on to explain that women are hardwired to underestimate themselves. Her book is an interesting examination of the current workplace and women's roles within it. A great read for any working woman or man to expand their understanding of the current workplace climate. Another way to think about imposter syndrome is a failure to internalize success ask yourself these questions. These questions can be found in the book, The Secret Thoughts of Successful Women. The first question is, do you chalk your success up to luck or timing? Do you believe, if I can do it, anyone can? Do you agonize over the smallest flaws in your work? Or ask yourself, are you crushed by constructive criticism, seeing it as evidence of your ineptness? Or, when you do succeed, do you secretly feel like you fooled them again? And lastly, ask, do you worry that it's just a matter of time before you're found out? If you're nodding your head, you're not alone. 70% of people have felt it at one time or another, some experiencing it chronically, and some very big names have been afflicted with it. To share a few examples, let's start with Albert Einstein. He said, the exaggerated esteem in which my life work is held makes me very ill at ease. I feel compelled to think of myself as an involuntary swindler. I would also share an example from Maya Angelou. She said, I have written 11 books, but each time I think, uh uh-oh, they're going to find out now. I've run a game on everybody, and they're going to find me out. Now this is just two examples of great minds that I can only dream that one day I can reach their level of astonishing fraudulence. So how do we, and I say we as I still catch myself questioning who I am and what I can accomplish, so how do we overcome imposter syndrome? First, you need to understand your inactive mastery experience. This is your system. You probably take these processes for granted. They are habitual and often subconscious, but they are the things you do each and every time that you are producing these consistently good results. And if you're not consistently getting good results, then you don't have imposter syndrome. You need to look at the system or process as separate from you. Like the recipe that makes a good cake. When you have a solid recipe or good instructions, you feel in control. And what is control? It's the exact opposite of luck. When you recognize that you have a system and the system is producing those results consistently, the self-doubting thoughts that influence imposter syndrome change. You then have a new why that's responsible for those solid results. Second, there is vicarious experience. The problem here is people with imposter syndrome look and compare themselves to others. The greater problem is they compare themselves to the wrong people. That group of people being the top 1%. This impacts those with imposter syndrome like a fast-acting injection of self-defeat. It's important to recognize that for a more realistic assessment, you should be comparing yourself to your peers or others that are slightly higher in ability. How will this help? Plain and simple. It's inspiring. If they can do it, I can do it. You can also leverage vicarious experience without the vicarious part. It's called self-modeling. Look at the good work that you've done. Anything that resonates with you and makes you say, hey, this is impressive work. Oh, and I am the one that did it. Let your best self be your role model. Next, there is social persuasion. Tell your friends or coworkers you're going through a tough time and could use their support. There are three things you'll want to keep in mind here. First, if the positive feedback is insincere, you'll see right through it thanks to the negative, skeptical lens of imposter syndrome. It has to be legit praise. Second, support from experts is preferable. Praise from someone who doesn't understand the arena is easily dismissed. And third, positive feedback about your hard work is nice, but them praising your ability is better. If you keep getting praise for your hard work, it's easy to conclude that you don't have talent or the ability. So for social persuasion, leaning on others will help you stay connected to your value. Lastly, there's emotional and psychological state. Here's where I had to swallow my own reality pill when learning to overcome the behaviors associated with imposter syndrome. Your feelings and mood matter. And if you think they don't matter, then you're in real trouble because they're still influencing you and you're not even noticing it. Things like not getting enough sleep, being hungry, or just having a bad day can heavily influence imposter feelings. You need to do a self-check to establish if any of those things are impacting your mood. This one is big for me. If I don't get enough sleep, I can behave like a toddler that hasn't had a nap and it isn't cute. But here's the upside. You can now use your knowledge of this emotional blurriness to your advantage. Since the cause and meaning of feelings is all about interpretation, you can choose to interpret them differently. If you can reframe the feelings into something unrelated to the task at hand, then your self-confidence doesn't plummet. Reframe your feelings and you can reframe imposter syndrome and that can reframe your life. Understanding imposter syndrome gives a whole new meaning to fake it till you make it, right? We all have times when we let self-doubt get in our way. I encourage you to set aside time to self-assess in those situations. Chances are that you're not giving yourself credit for your unique talents or abilities. So that takes me back to those four days as room two. You see, I had one additional realization as we drove out of the hospital parking lot that day. I am glad to be Candace, the wife, mother, grandmother, friend, and hardworking person that I am. Candace, capital K-A-N-D-A-C-E. That's me. Until next time, success buddies, subscribe to this podcast on Apple or the podcast platform of your choice. And please stay connected by signing up for my monthly newsletter at leavingnowhere.com. Thank you for joining today's episode of Leaving Nowhere. Here's to you and you accelerating your life and career.